Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Grant Napier here on Listen Up. Love to get your feedback today. So all you got to do is hit your hand icon and I will get you right on the show. Well, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell has spoken as it relates to Deshaun Watson. That was earlier today and said that the quarterback's action were egregious and predatory behavior. About time, I agree with something from the commissioner. The NFL is formally appealing Watson's six-game suspension. As you probably know, it was Sue Robinson that handed down the six-game suspension earlier this month. And so a league meeting was called to formally approve the new ownership in Denver. And in that meeting, Goodell was asked why the NFL appealed the decision by Sue Robinson. Quote, We've seen the evidence. She was very clear about the evidence. She reinforced the evidence. There were multiple violations that were egregious, and it was predatory behavior. Anybody out there disagreeing with that? I don't think so. Not me. He also addressed the recent sanctions on the owner of the Miami Dolphins, Stephen Ross, and the Vice chairman and a limited partner of the Dolphins, Bruce Beal, they lost several draft picks. They lost a first-round draft pick next year, the Dolphins did, a third-round pick the following year. Uh, They were also fined $1.5 million for Ross, $500,000 for Beal. And Goodell said, quote, well, several things. The integrity of the game is critically important. I think the findings are very clear. And while tanking clearly did not happen here, we all have to understand our words, our actions have implications, and we have to be careful. All right? So stay tuned. I think I speak for a lot of people when I say that Deshaun Watson should not be on the field this year period. I mean, by the way, in the report by Robinson, she also said Watson's predatory conduct cast a negative light on the league and its players. He was a predator, right? And is a predator. I say was, I don't know if it's still going on or not. Who the hell knows? But 
You know what? That's the first time I've agreed with the commissioner in a long time. Seriously. In a long time. About freaking time. About freaking time. We'd like to see Adam Silver come out and run his league with a little bit of gunk, you know, a little bit of moxie, a little bit of, uh, you know, instead of like being a puppet. You know, it's a joke what's going on in the NBA. Again, when you can have the owner of the Golden State Warriors, Joe Lacob, be fined a ton of money for going on a podcast and having an issue with the luxury tax system, but in the same week, you can have Draymond Green call Kendrick Perkins, former NBA player and ESPN host, a racial slur, and nothing happens? Please. All right? That right there in a microcosm are some of the issues with the NBA. All right, I want to hear from you. Hit your hand icon, raise your hand, uh, and we will do it. We've got NFL preseason football, which starts on Thursday, the first real week of the preseason. Jets, already a bad camp. They lose their tackle. All right, Becton is out for the year, all right, because of a knee injury. That is the right offensive tackle already out of the lineup for the New York Jets. And think about the significance of that. You know, with your second-year quarterback and Zach Wilson, right? Meanwhile, you got Rokon Smith of the Chicago Bears. He has requested a trade. I don't know what it takes to be happy anymore if you're a professional athlete. I really don't. All right? He requested a trade because contract negotiations between himself and the organization reached an impasse. All right? How about that? He comes out and makes a statement and says, quote, the new front office regime doesn't value me here. Huh. Quote, they've refused to negotiate in good faith. Every step of this journey has been take it or leave it. The deal sent out to me is one that wouldn't be bad for myself. Okay. Excuse me. The deal sent to me is one that would be bad for myself and for the entire linebacker market if I signed it. I don't know. Ryan Poles is the general manager of the Bears and said his intention is to still work out a deal to sign Smith and said, quote, the front office is doing everything we can to get this done. I'll double down, quote, on what I've said before. My feelings for Roquan haven't changed at all. I think he's a very good football player. I love the kid. I love what he's done on the field, which makes me really disappointed with where we're at right now. I thought we'd be in a better situation, to be completely honest with you. In terms of our philosophy in the front office, I've always believed and always will that we take care of our homegrown talent. We pay them, we take care of them, and we take everyone for what they've done and what they can become in the future. And with this situation, we've showed respect from a very early time frame. And with that said, there's record-setting pieces of this contract that I thought was going to show him the respect that he deserves. And obviously, that hasn't been the case. With that said, we can't lose sight that this isn't about one player. My job is to build a roster that's going to sustain success for a long period of time. At the end of the day, 
we've got to do what's best for the Chicago Bears. By the way, if you're keeping score at home, Roquan Smith this year, in the final year of his rookie deal, is set to earn $9.7 million. There you go. By the way, he was placed on the physically unable to perform list when he reported the camp late last month. All right. Said the front office, Smith did, that the Bears are, quote, trying to take advantage of me. And said the organization, quote, left me no choice than to request a trade that allows me to play for an organization that truly values what I bring to the table. So there you have it. I don't know. I don't even know what to say anymore. Right? I don't know what to say anymore. It just is amazing how many athletes in professional sports seem to feel underappreciated or underpaid or, you know, I guess undervalued would be the more proper term. It just amazes me. All right. It, it really does. But anyway, there you have it. Right. That's where we're at. At the end of the statement, by the way, Smith apologized to Bears fans. Quote, I haven't had the chance to talk to the McCaskey family, and maybe they can salvage this. But as of right now, I don't see a path back to the organization I truly love. How about that? Welcome to Pro Sports, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. That's where we're at with professional sports in this day and age. You have Kevin Durant who goes to the owner of the Brooklyn Nets and Joe Sy and says, either trade me or fire Sean Marks and Steve Nash, according to Sham Sharnia of The Athletic, who is a very, very, very respected writer. How about that? Right? How many other players are disgruntled and upset? I mean, Durant's only making, what, $45 million, so let's cut him some slack, okay? You know, we don't want to get on his case too much. Right. You know, the guy gets overly sensitive over every little tweet, any criticism. You know, he's like a baby. You know, just wait to see the Nets fans boo your ass off the floor this year because they will. They absolutely will. They will boo his ass out of the Barclays Center. You just watch. And I personally will enjoy it. Okay, I think it will be a thing of beauty. And being a New Yorker and growing up as a New York sports fan, I have booed many an athlete off the playing surface that deserved it. I had no problem with it. And either did everyone else in the stadium or the arena. Okay? That's the last thing that that fan base is one I have to deal with, is Kevin Durant bitching and moaning and demanding this and demanding that. Shut up and play. Okay? Shut up and play. Honor your contract. That's what you're getting paid for. Okay? You're the one that wanted this and you wanted that. You're the one that, you know, wanted this player. You you obviously were okay with Steve Nash. 
You were obviously okay with Sean Marks. You're the one that went over there and signed the big money. All right, you got the contract. They gave you all the players that you wanted. Now, all of a sudden, it's not good enough. All right, shut up and honor your contract. That's really what it boils down to. All right, let's get to some phone calls. And why don't we start with Brian on this Tuesday? Hey, Brian, how are you? Hey, good, Grant. Yeah, Durant, I can't stand this guy. Uh, not like James, James Harden was my least favorite athlete in the NBA. I think Hart, or uh, I think Durant might take his spot now. I, I never respected an athlete like him who can't beat the team in the playoffs. So what's he do? He leaves and joins them. And I think Durant's gotten worse since he didn't get the credit he expected after he won a couple of championships by piggybacking the Warriors. To me, it seems like he, he just gets worse and worse by the season, by the month, by the day. This guy just does not get it. I think it's pretty obvious he can't handle the fact that the Warriors won another championship without him. They won one before he got there, and they won one after he left. You know, and that, that knocked off, you know, again, for the idiots out there that said Steph Curry couldn't do this, couldn't do that without Durant. Well, he'd already done it before Durant got there. He did it after Durant left. And it seems like Durant just can't handle that. So I'm with you on Kevin Durant. I've lost a lot of respect for this guy. Yeah, these guys have no reality check. These guys are in their own echo chamber. And the, the guy, I'm just lost for word for some of these athletes now, him included. Thank God my kids don't like these guys. They like my son specifically. His favorite athlete is Steph Curry. And there you go. I, I just thankful that that is is the guy he looks up to. Steph does it the right way. Yep. And it would be very tough to have a as a parent to have your your kids follow or have their favorite athlete be one of these guys now. It's just that's a, just a different different animal now and uh, a lot different when I grew up and uh, uh, admired the athletes that I, I followed growing up. It's just crazy. I was so blessed when my boys grew up idolizing Derek Jeter and Eli Manning. And I'm just thinking, wow, yeah. you know, you can't have two better uh, role models, uh, examples of the right way to conduct yourself as a professional athlete. And Steph Curry, he's right there, man. If I had a son or a daughter, grandson, granddaughter, what have you, and they wanted to have a Steph Curry jersey, I'd run to the store to buy it for them. I would be honored for them to have a Steph Curry jersey. I'm 100% on board with that. Definitely, definitely. Good talking as always, Grant. See you next time. All right, Brian. Take it easy. All right, let's move along right here on Listen App. And uh, let's get to uh, Tone. What's up, Tone? What's going on today, Antonio? How you doing? We'll get Antonio to hit that mic icon, and we'll be able to have a conversation with him. Antonio, hit that little microphone icon, buddy, so uh, we can have a conversation. There you are. How are you today? Great. How you doing, Grant? I'm good, bud. What's up? Hey, you know, I was just thinking, you know, I know you go back back with, with uh, Steinbrenner and stuff and and the Yankees, you know, and I, I, I wanna I don't wanna say a change when player when you know with, with the contracts, the money that the teams offered way back in the day. And now these guys in the NBA totally for different from the from, from Major League Baseball, but it's the ownership that allows this stuff to take place. I, I don't I, I what's the name of the guy the Nets uh, owner again with his sh- Joe Sai. Joe Sy, has he been in the league very often? Is he just a guy, just a billionaire that just bought an NBA team? That pretty much how it came out to? Well, first of all, all, all he, he hasn't done anything. Yes, he's a relatively new owner of the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, he's, he's Chinese. And, uh, but, but, you know, all, all, 
he hasn't done anything. I mean, my point is, it's not. I don't think it's his fault. Uh, he's the one that gave Kevin Durant the big contract, meaning he's the one that okayed it. Now all of a sudden, Durant isn't happy and wants out of there. I don't know how you can blame that on the owner. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm just thinking that these owners have to take they 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 want to win so bad. I mean, he he put together, he got Harden, he had Kyrie, um, and now it's just fell flat on his face. The owner has to take some accountability. I don't get me wrong. I do not take Durant's side whatsoever. But I, I I'm just trying to figure like you, you know, and I brought up. Steinbrenner, you know, I I, I just th- think about him. I mean, what kind of owner was Steinbrenner? He wouldn't put up with this stuff. He would just tell you sit down and play, or he would trade you, right? I mean, I, I don't get what's going on in the NBA where 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 it's just so out of hand now. It's I love the sport. I hate to use the word love, but I'm a big big fan. Fan is a fanatic. I'm a fan of of of, of the NBA and NFL, but I, I it's just really a big turnoff now. I mean, yep. I, I don't know what to do anymore, Grant. I know. Well, first of all, Sai's been the owner of the Nets, uh, I think 2019 is when he bought the team. Uh, as far as what kind of owner was Steinbrenner, Steinbrenner was, you know, all about winning, 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 winning. And you're right, he wouldn't put up with that. Uh, there were a lot of folks that did not want to work for him. He fired a lot of people. Uh, he demanded a certain level of excellence. And, you know, if not, he would ship your ass out. So uh, he was a very strict kind of overboard owner if you want to call it that way but Joe Sy has only been the owner of the Nets for a couple of years I think 2019 is when he bought controlling interest of the team but you know again as far as Kevin Durant Durant has been just kind of he just seems a malcontent all the time and you know the episode this year that I have chronicled that the not that I chronicle but that I talked about a lot that was caught on video when he told the fan to just shut the F up and sit down yeah. and all the fans said was, Hey, Kevin, it's time to take over the game. And Durant tells, tur- turns around and tells him to shut the F up and sit down. Like what is wrong with an athlete to say that to a fan at your home stadium? I mean, it's just ridiculous. And Durant just doesn't ever seem to be happy. I don't know what's going to make this guy happy. He wanted to go to Brooklyn. They gave him a big contract, wanted to play with Kyrie Irving, you know, then James Harden, they, they recruit him to go there. And now all of a sudden, you know, Harden wants out, and Harden wants out of everywhere. He's another malcontent. Irving, you know, his elevator on a good day, if he's a 20-story building, on a good day goes up to about the 13th or 14th floor. Now you got Durant, who all of a sudden, you know, isn't happy, demands to be traded, or you fire the general manager and the coach, as if this is the general manager and the coach's fault. I mean, how do you, how does anyone have any respect for Kevin Durant? We don't, Grant. What, let me ask you this, Grant. What what did you see change? So, twenty twenty was your last year. The league's try. I, I want to say, the, the new culture. I don't know if that's a bad terminology, but it's changed. Probably. We'll just use Demarcus Cousins' era. Um, did you see it where it just maybe the mentality or even the respect they would have, even uh, reporters. You know, you can't talk to a guy now. He tell you. I, I mean, you you bait a guy on 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 in, in in the locker room. Maybe you might get the guy pissed off, but. I don't see it now. I mean, when did it change, Grant? Did you see it changing your last couple of years? Where you Yes, know? I did. There's yeah. too many players that come in with a sense of entitlement. I would say I noticed the change roughly. And again, don't hold me exactly to this. Roughly about 10 years ago or so, when many young players came into the league thinking that the league owed them something uh, compared to the other way around. Players came into the league as 19-year-old young men and they thought that the league owed them something, that they had a sense of entitlement and they had no idea what it was like to be a professional and they were stubborn and 
So yes, I would say roughly 10, 12, 13, 14, 15 years ago is when I started to see that change. And I think really, you know, what, what happens now, there are too many organizations that just kiss the ass of their players all the time. And the Kings were as guilty of that as any organization in the NBA. I mean, they drafted DeMarcus Cousins, and before he even stepped foot in the arena, they had a entire side of the arena at Arco Arena covered with a DeMarcus Cousin poster. And on the other side of the arena, it was Tyreek Evans, who was the reigning rookie of the year. You know, at least Tyreek was the rookie of the year. DeMarcus had never even put on a uniform in the NBA, and he's got his face and his, you know, all over the entire side of one building. So, again, you know, that went both ways in Sacramento. But these players now, when I say these players, I'm not talking about all the players. There are some players that come in that have a great work ethic, that don't have a sense of entitlement. But too many do now. Too many do. And, um, you know, listen, you want to talk about the inmates running the asylum? The inmates are running the asylum in the NBA. When's the last time you heard – Adam Silver come out and admonish one of his players. When's the last time? I have, I have, I have it, and he's way overdue. David Stern would definitely do that. Um, but hey, one other thing too, Grant, I want to ask: Was you're talking about, and, and I'll and I'll get off, jump off real quick. Was it the Maloo? Did the Maloos play with all that? And then lastly, this is, I probably should save it for tomorrow, but I might be gone tomorrow. Um, when did you come up with? If you don't like this, you don't like NBA basketball. How did you come up with that? And uh, I'll listen it, off it, to Air Grant, and I, thank you. I enjoy your show, brother. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Uh, the Maloofs let Jeff Petrie pretty much handle all that. So, you know, they just let Jeff Petrie run the organization. Uh, I don't really even remember the first time I said it. It just came out one game and it caught on. And so I honestly do not remember uh, the first time I used it. Hey, it's good hearing from you. I appreciate the call. All right, let's get to some other phone calls right here with Jeff on Listen App. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Grant. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Um. I'm doing all right. So I'm just, you know, listening to what everybody's talking about today. And some of these players now couldn't even smell the jock of a Bill Russell, Wilt Chamberlain, Joe DiMaggio, Mickey Mantle, Willie Mays. I mean, they went, couldn't even hold their jock strap. I mean, it, it's so disrespectful now. I mean, they won't honor the contracts. And it's, I don't know where they got the entitlement, like you said, but. They just all, every, all these players, I'm not going to say, I'm going to not categorize because I know how Ryan, he'll call in and get on my butt. But you know what I'm talking about? It's called guaranteed contracts. And, uh, you know, players making the amount of money that they are. When, you, when you're paying players, you know, 20, 30, 40 plus million dollars a year and their money is 100% fully guaranteed, what's, what do they worry about? What do they care I mean, they can do what they want. They can say what they want because they have guaranteed contracts and they're making more money than they could ever possibly spend. And with that comes a sense of entitlement, a sense of power. And, you know, Draymond Green, I thought, said it best in the Memphis series when he gave the double bird and joked about being fined. He goes, I don't care about being fined. I'm making $25 million this year. Well, there's a lot of truth to that. There's a lot of truth to that. Well, you must have not been watching the New York news today. You know that? About? about. Well, you're not supposed to say inmates anymore if you're from New York. They are incarcerated people. Well, guess what? I can say whatever the hell I want. 
I can say pronouns. I can say he, she, boy, girl, man, woman, inmates. Because guess what? I don't give a damn what the hell they call it. I call it inmates, okay? So thank you for the uh, political correctness. But I don't really give a damn what they call their prisoners in New York. I can call them inmates. I can call them jailbirds. I can call them whatever the hell I want. Oh, shit. There goes a rat. I, we got Greg, Greg with a rat. That was awesome. So thank you, though, for that clarification. I do appreciate it. <laughs> Greg, you're classic. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm glad I made your day. <laughs> I'm rolling out of my seat. Okay. <laughs> appreciate it, man. All, All right. right take it easy. All right, if you want to come on the show, uh, hit your hand icon, raise your hand, uh, and we will do it. Seriously. Can't call them inmates anymore? I, I miss that. I miss that in New York, you know? I miss that. So, of course, you know, when I, I went to uh, my favorite publication today, the uh, you know New York Post, and obviously it's all about the raid at, you know, Mar-a-Lago and I'm like, I just kind of skipped through it. You know what I mean? Of course, you know, I did see the story on uh, Marshawn Lynch, who celebrated his new job with the Seattle Seahawks. Okay. All right. You read that story? He was arrested this morning in Las Vegas because he was seen driving into curbs on the side of the road, he was arrested, charged with driving under the influence, transported to the Las Vegas City Jail and booked, all right? And what's interesting is his arrest came less than 24 hours after the Seattle Seahawks had revealed that Marshawn Lynch would serve as a special Correspondent for the team producing creative content for a number of projects. How about that? Maybe he can rent out a festival where they have bumper cars, right? And Marshawn Lynch can do something with bumper cars and drink. So that if he does something stupid, he doesn't take the life of an innocent person the way Henry Ruggs of the Raiders did. How about that? Driving up on curbs. Thank God nobody was hit and nobody lost their life because of the stupidity of Marshawn Lynch. Right? And go look at his mugshot. All right. Go look at his photo from today, this morning, in the Las Vegas jail. Go to New York Post, nypost.com, if you want to check it out. They have the whole story on here. 725 in the morning was seen driving into curbs on the side of the road. Again, thank goodness. Thank goodness that nobody lost their life because of Marshawn Lynch's stupidity of driving under the influence at 7.25 in the morning. 7.25 in the morning. Jerry, 
Hello, Jerry. Welcome to the show. Hey, Grant. Love the rant this morning. Thank you, buddy. Uh, hey, Grant, let me ask you something. Uh, we all know that David Stern made a lot of money for the league, made a lot of money for the owners, a lot of money for the players. You think uh, you think David Stern is a little responsible for the way these players are now? Uh, it's just, just all about me, 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 with all the money these players are getting. Listen, I'll tell you who's responsible. It's the individual, okay? I mean, we are talking about adults, and, you know, at some point, we got to stop blaming other people for individuals' actions, okay? There's a right way to go about things, and there's a wrong way, and we can blame Adam Silver, we can blame David Stern, or we can blame this. Here's the deal. When you're a professional, regardless of whether you're a professional athlete, you're a professional in your work, whatever the case may be, when you put your name on a contract, supposed to be with your honor and your word okay your contract that you sign you're supposed to read it and in the contract it puts out right there in front of you what your role is and what your responsibilities are kevin durant's role and responsibility in his contract is to play basketball for the brooklyn Nets. Not play basketball for the lakers not play basketball for the kings not play basketball for the knicks his job is to play basketball for the Brooklyn Nets and blah, blah, blah. Okay. It's not to create controversy. It's not to ask to be traded. I mean, how about living up to your contract? How about we stop blaming other people and put the onus on someone that's 33 years old, an adult, a professional basketball player? It is called the National Basketball Association. It is the highest level of basketball played in the world how about acting like it how about acting like you belong how about being a professional how about being a role model how about giving a damn about your legacy does that not matter anymore you know grant just like you said and i couldn't agree with you more but you know what these players have so much money grant forty-five, fifty thousand dollars to them a fine it's nothing to those guys grant nothing it's like 50 cents to those guys so what's the solution jerry Grant, uh, oh boy, you know what? If if I knew that, uh, oh boy, uh, Grant, you've been around basketball your whole life, and just like previous caller Jeff said, when did no? I'm sorry, not Jeff. When did you start things changing? You said about uh, 10, roughly what? roughly ten years ago or so, roughly ten fifteen years ago. Grant, is there anything that the NBA can do, like the collective bargaining? They can go back in there and change some things when it's time to do that. No, what are they going to do? I mean, you know, again, the players have all the power. Uh, they, it's, and again, you have to understand the salaries are based on the total revenue of the league. The players get an X percentage of the total revenue of the league. And yeah. I don't see that changing anytime soon. I really all don't. Right. All right. Well, you just asked me, okay, what would you do, Grant? If you could change something, what would you do? Very simple. If I had the power, I would only have one year guaranteed contracts. And I wouldn't give multiple multiple contracts out. If I could, if I had a magic wand, every player every year would sign a new contract and it would be a one-year deal. Now, I would have provisions. So if they had a career-ending injury, I would make sure that they would be taken care of for life monetarily and with insurance and everything else. But if I could, if I, with what I said went, I would only give one-year contracts in professional sports, okay? That's the only thing that I would do, or it's the top thing that I would do. It's the first thing I would do, one-year contracts.
you know, Grant, that's a really good idea. Wow, you know, why didn't you think about that? But yeah, you make a lot of sense. Uh, Never going to happen. I guarantee you these players would act differently if it was like that. Guarantee you. Never going to happen. Oh, boy. I just, I'm just so sick and tired of Kevin Durant. Grant. I mean, the guy, just shut up. Just shut your mouth and just play the goddamn game, dude. Seriously. How about that? How about how about this? How about every arena that he goes into this year, fans just pull his ass, including the home the home crowd and everywhere else. How about the fans just say, you know what, we're disgusted with you, and we're just going to boo you every time you touch the ball in every arena that you go to in the NBA. How about that? I would love to you see know, Durant, it. Durant would cry. He'd be out there crying. He'd be pitching to the press. He couldn't handle it. He wouldn't be able to handle it. <laughs> Grant, thanks for the time. Grant, love the show. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. He would not be able to handle it. Plain and simple. All right. Let's get to uh, Waggus. You're next here on this uh, Tuesday show. Hello, Waggus. What's going on hey, today? Nothing. You had me laughing about the whole <laughs> a couple of callers ago. So that was good. Um, you know, but like this whole Kevin Durant issue, he'll never admit it. Well, number one, it, it, if you have trouble at work, you don't leak it to the public. You know, he could have had these conversations. He could have gone to the owner. He could have gone to the coach and had these private conversations. But I don't think that's a real issue. I think the real issue is he went there with Kyrie, and Kyrie has been Kyrie. Um, so, but I do think that if Kyrie was committed to playing there, I mean, if you just go back one year, they were up 2-0 against Milwaukee, the team that won it all. And, you know, I, I think Kyrie got hurt, and then Harden got, Harden got hurt. Harden got hurt, yep. Yeah, but but even the uh, even game five, Durant had a masterful performance, I believe. I think yeah, he's like, great. Yeah, so I think that's a real issue here. But he's unwilling to call him out. Okay, let me ask you this: If Kyrie, all right, let me correct you. Let me correct you for one thing. In all yeah. fairness to Durant, he did do it privately. Shams of the Athletic broke the story. Durant didn't make a public. Shams Charnia of the Athletic did. He did have a private meeting with the owner, and somehow it became public. Right, but. But I guarantee, okay, but okay, so maybe it, maybe I don't know this, okay, and, and you've been in locker rooms. If and any NBA player wants to go to the owner and keep things private between them, can that be done or there's just way too many leaks? It can be done. I, I would say that probably the agent that represents Kevin Durant that leaked this, if I had to guess. Okay, so obviously, so, so if his agent leaked it, then that means he leaked it, right? Because if he really wanted to keep it private, you can keep it private. Probably. I mean, and I'm only speculating. I could be wrong. I'm just speculating. 
Yeah, because, you know, at work, you know, it's all could have differences. But, like, you know, him throwing Steve Nash in the bus, I mean, I, I, I didn't like that at all. I mean, he, he was actually a big fan of Steve Nash because I think Steve worked with him. I saw some drills online uh, back when he was with the Warriors, I believe. But but do you agree with this, that the real problem was Kyrie Irving? Yes, I do agree that was the uh, the, the main root of the problem in Brooklyn. I mean, the guy's a malcontent. Yep. He's not dependable. Uh, he didn't want to get vaccinated, which, you know, that's your right, but you still have an obligation to your teammates. Uh, he would disappear. He wouldn't show up for games. Uh, yes, I believe that that was part of it. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, that, yeah, but um, so um, I'll make the show, but where do you see him ending up? Brooklyn. Oh, so you I don't, I don't. Get I, traded? Let me ask you, if you're, why would you want to trade for Kevin Durant? He's at 33. He's on the downward side of his career. Still very good. Does have injuries that you have to always be concerned about. You're going to give up. You know, if you're the Boston Celtics, you're going to give up Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart for Kevin Durant? Really? Like, no one's doing that. I mean, what? the guy's 33 years old. So, no, I don't see I don't see a team move, uh, making a move for Kevin Durant. I mean, I mean, they did offer Brown only, which, um, it, yeah, I mean, I mean, would you have taken that deal if you were the Nets, Brown, and I think uh, Derek White, I believe? If I were the Nets, yes, yeah. I, I would have, absolutely. Yeah, because yeah, I, I guess what I'm trying to, I'm not asking for the receiving team, because the receiving team is probably getting, you know, a, a rental player to win them a championship in the next few years, right? I'm talking about the Nets, because, you know, they have to move on from this. They cannot bring him into training camp, and, you know, that that's just going to be a mess. It is going to be a mess in the city of New York with the media. You're right about that. It is going to be a mess, but... I, based on what I'm hearing that the Nets want in return, I'm skeptical of it happening, of them getting a deal. And do you think Kyrie gets traded or no? No, I don't think he gets traded. But uh, it's, well, I, I would say this. It seems it's more likely that he'll be in Brooklyn than not be in Brooklyn. I'll put it to you that way. Okay. And again, I, if, you're a general, if you're a general manager, would you want Kyrie Irving on your team? No, and I wouldn't want Ben Simmons on my team either because you haven't even no. mentioned him. <laughs> so, because I remember. Well, I can't. I, why would I mention Ben Simmons? The guy hasn't played basketball in two <laughs> years because he doesn't want to. Why would I mention him? Exactly. If if there's somebody worse than I think Kyrie, he is probably Ben Simmons. Who, yeah, I, I don't know what what his problem is. So, but but I do feel like teams do win a championship, and if all three three of these guys were committed, even with Harden or or Ben Simmons, I think they would have a legitimate chat. I agree with that. Yeah. So, all right. Well, thanks, Grant. Appreciate it. Thanks, buddy. Good hearing from you. You take care. Bye-bye. All right. Let's get to uh, Ryan in Sacktown on Listen Out. Hey, Ryan, what's up, man? Hey, nothing much. How you doing, Grant? I'm doing well, buddy. What's happening? Hey, um, first off, I would not want to have to play one of those memory card games with Waggis. That guy's memory is ridiculous. It is like uh, I, I I don't even know what to say to you other than it reminds me of my sister when you and I talked about her remembering birthdays right. and what day of the week. That's what Waggis memory is like to me. That guy is unbelievable with his recollection of things. It's incredible. It's unreal. Absolutely. When it, it, His first call that I remember when he came on with you, 
and you know remembered things from your show i mean you did show nearly every day and he knew like the smallest thing so anyways um you know what can i ask you a question do you think marshawn lynch was awake when he took his mug shot man i'll tell you it sure doesn't look like it does it god it's awful and i'm a seahawks fan i'm a 12 i mean marshawn's never been a media guy i mean think about the seahawks uh press conference at media day at the Super Bowl, where I'm just yep. here to answer questions. I'm just here to answer questions. Now you're going to be a correspondent or a joke. You know, part it's of the joke. media. Like, but I'm sick of these guys doing what they're doing. They have more money than we will ever see in our lifetime, yet they can't call a damn Uber. You don't think their teams around them, you, you can't hire somebody in your team or have a friend drive you there in the car well, that you want to show off? It, it, it's know, just getting a little scary and ridiculous at this point. Not only that, you would think when he made a big mistake early in his life, which again, you know, life is about making mistakes, but it's how you bounce back and learn from your mistakes. True. He obviously did not learn from his mistake when he was at Cal Berkeley. And so, I mean, here we are now an adult, okay? And now he is what? Is he, what are the Seahawks still going to retain him or absolutely will he not. lose his job? Well, I'm waiting for the announcement to come out. When you say absolutely not, I'm not so sure about that, but you think they will absolutely terminate him before we even get started. You believe that to be the case? Well, Grant, I mean, yeah, maybe he will get started, but there's no Grant, regardless of the drunk driving, do you think that's going to be, or the alleged drunk driving, do you really think that's a good fit for Marshawn? Do you think he'd really make it through a season doing his role as alleged? Like, I, I, I don't see it. Doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. I'll tell you that. Yeah. So, right? hey, um, let's talk about Durant for a second. This one's got me, and we've gone through this all summer perplexed. And can you think of another NBA player? When he went through what he went through in Oklahoma City with Russell Westbrook, and he handled it so gracefully. He was extremely graceful. He had every opportunity, minus his burner Twitter accounts that I can't speak to because I've never seen them. He handled that situation very, very well. Can you think of another athlete that's taken that much of a 180-degree turn with their career? Because I feel like this entire thing is going to affect his legacy at this point. Uh, it has already affected his legacy. I put a lot of that on Scott Brooks. I thought Scott Brooks was perfect for Kevin Durant at that time in his career. And I give him a, a lot of credit for that. Um, no, I'd have to really think about that right off the top of my head. No, I really can't. Okay. Let me ask you this, because you've been in pro sports for a really long time broadcasting how much of an influence do you think these agents have on the players and this movement that's going a on lot. right now i think they have a lot absolutely they have a lot how I mean, so well you know you got to understand and i know you do but the agents have multiple players that they represent and they all talk. And if you have a high profile player like Kevin Durant, who's making the amount of money that he is, and you're an agent 
and you're making a substantial amount of money as him being a client of yours, and he comes to you and says, I don't want to be here anymore. As an agent, you're going to put it out there, all right, like to Shams and say, hey, just so you know, we're requesting a trade because an agent has to appease his client, even if he feels from a public relations point of view, it's not exactly the best thing for him, but it's sure as hell the best thing for the agent because the last thing the agent wants to do, I mean, look at Russell Westbrook. He just changed agents. Think about the amount of money that that cost that agent, all right? Russell Westbrook just changed agents. With the amount of money that Westbrook makes, that's that's an enormous loss for a representative. So that's why. Do you think agents are pushing players? I think some are, yes. I think some are, yes. Absolutely. And I think that there are agents that do not like working with certain general managers and certain teams. They might have had a beef with a previous client and they don't want to deal with that team anymore. And so I think that's part of it as well. I do think that goes on. It's a it's a really confounding question and problem that every sports league is dealing with right now because the players yep. do have the power. I, I don't you know, think that it's anything wrong with players having power. They absolutely should. That's why there are player associations and such. But I, this is a problem, Grant. I don't see how it, how it gets solved at this point. And I'm it's not, not going to. Yeah, I, I, I'm not giving any preference to the owners versus the players, but this is evolving very, very quick. And I, I just don't see what the solution is. I only see it getting worse. Well, again, as long as you have long-term guaranteed contracts with the amount of money that the athletes today are getting, you're going to have this be the new trend in sports. That's just the reality. It's going to, it's not, it's, it's not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. We, we talked, you're right. And we talked Grant about wealth and the difference between this amount versus another amount when you're already that rich. And for me, it's ethics. You're already richer than most of us will ever be in our lifetime. You're, grandsons and your great grandsons are going to be richer than any of us in our lifetime. And so I just don't get where it went from being grateful versus I need a little bit more. If you sign your name to a contract, you know what you're getting into. And I will be clear, I've been on the record for this a million times. The NFL needs to change the way they do their contracts because to me, outside of the NHL, that is the most dangerous sport where it only takes one hit for you to be done and lose everything and they can cut you. So I really liked what you said about guaranteed health care for players going forward if something like that was to happen. We talked about the Seattle situation and, you know, like it, it, it drives me nuts. Just if you agree to something, then you follow through. And it's not like you're agreeing to mow the lawn for $5 and something happens and I'm gonna walk away. No, you're getting paid $9 million, $9 million. 
Does anybody else well, listening have nine million dollars? No, I, listen, not. I'm with you, but but it, but you know, no, you're right. You're absolutely right. But 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 like, and this doesn't. It, Marshawn Lynch doesn't play anymore. And I know you were just talking about Smith, and we're talking about others. But for instance, I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of somebody else for a minute. Okay, if I had pled guilty to a hit and run charge and had my driver's license taken away, okay? Because my car hit a woman in the street and I failed to stop. I believe that would change my life forever. But only four years after that, Lynch was arrested, okay? For driving under the influence when he was driving very erratically and his breathalyzer was over the limit. He ended up uh, char- uh, uh, pleading guilty to a charge of reckless driving instead of DUI. He got out of that. Now here we are later in life as a full-fledged adult. You know, we're not talking about a kid in college anymore. Right. And he is charged with a DUI at seven. 25 in the morning because he was running in the curbs and you just saw his mugshot. So I'm going to ask you, is this somebody that has a problem with alcohol? Because I'll give you this story. When Ty Lawson was signed by the Sacramento Kings, I was against it because he had had four DUIs. And I'm not even going to mention the name, but somebody in the King's front office was asked about Ty Lawson's promise that he would take a driver, have a driver to and from practice and games. And the individual said off the record, okay, I don't think he has a problem driving i think he has a problem with drinking okay you understand the distinction a hundred ty lawson's problem was not how to drive his problem was he has a problem with alcohol so when i look at marshawn lynch's arrest record beginning in 2008 and here we are at 2022 and he is still allegedly driving under the influence driving recklessly and again, thank goodness uh, that he didn't hit somebody the way he did in 2008. That tells me he's got a problem with alcohol. That's what it tells me. Well, I don't, and Grant, you know, first off, that's on the organization. If you know somebody has a problem with a substance, why are you signing them to a contract unless you are immediately getting them help? You know, it, it's it's a PR thing and not putting somebody out there. Marshawn, it, it's crazy that it was 725 in the morning. But let's be honest, Grant. Thank God it wasn't 125 or 225 in the morning when he was driving. Because, you know, there would have been a ton of more people on the street yep. walking those curbs. Uh, no question about it. Yeah, it doesn't excuse 
the problem, but it, it's a bigger problem that needs to be addressed in sports. I mean, it's the whole marijuana argument, right? And I'm not saying I'm good with marijuana or I'm not good with marijuana. I know it's legal in many states, but these guys have to get shot up every single game to be able to go onto the field. They are filled with painkillers and Grant, I'm pretty sure we know that we've seen what that has done to the nation with the people that get addicted to opiates and other medications. So it becomes a lifestyle. So if you don't have that anymore and you're in a hell, you're basically in hell because you're in so much pain, what are you gonna turn to that you can buy over the counter other than marijuana? It's going to be alcohol. And I'm not excusing it, but yes, Marshawn likely has a problem. But the Ty Lawson stuff, it's crazy. It makes no sense. So I, I don't know. I mean, Grant, what's your stance on allowing marijuana in the leagues? Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I think medicinal... First of all, I've changed my opinion on this, and I'll tell you when I changed my opinion on this. I was on Radio Row at the Super Bowl in Houston, Texas. I had... The Kings had played in Houston on a Wednesday and we didn't have a game until Saturday. And I did my show on radio row for three days. And all of a sudden my producer brings over Kyle Turley, one of the best offensive linemen, you know, that we, we saw a great offensive lineman. And at that time he was with the saints. And it's, and so, too. <laughs> Oh, as nails. So Kyle Turley sits down with me. And I said, hey, what are you doing in Houston? And he starts talking about campaigning and talking about medicinal marijuana, right? And he says to me, uh, I would be dead if it weren't for medicinal marijuana. And And he finished the statement. And I said, I said, Kyle, I said, forgive me. Did you just say that you would be dead if it weren't for that? And he said, absolutely. I would have taken my life. And so this conversation is continuing, right? I get a text message from a very good friend of mine. And he says to me, my brother has done four tours of duty and told me the same thing, that he would be dead. He would have taken his life if it weren't for medicinal marijuana. 
So I've changed my viewpoint on this. I believe that if it is administered through licensed people that know what the hell they're doing, and it is uh, mandated so that there is a system in place and it's not rampant and it's not going overboard and it's, you know what I'm saying? I'm yeah, okay. Absolutely. I'm I'm okay with it. In other words, I guess what I'm saying is if it's a structure, now I'll also be very transparent. I'm probably the most anti-drug person that you will ever meet. Okay. I hate marijuana. I hate the smell of it. I, it bothers me. And I have a lot of friends that smoke it and I do not understand why, but it's their life. It's their choice. My biggest issue with marijuana is not the adults that smoke it. It really it doesn't bother me. My biggest issue are the scientific studies that show of the issues and the stunt in development mentally with our teenagers that smoke marijuana and the long-term effects that can have on a young person as opposed to an adult. So my feeling on it is kind of mixed. It bothers me when I see how many millions of our youth smoke marijuana on a daily basis. I believe it has a profound impact on their life that is not good, that it's more negative. Adults differently because their brains are fully developed. And as far as athletes and people that have been in the military and are dealing with post-traumatic stress disorder and everything else, I think it is an extremely valuable tool. I believe if you look at Brett Favre, who was addicted to painkillers, I believe that had Brett been able to legally take marijuana for his pain, he probably wouldn't have that addiction. So I think there is a real pertinent place for it in our society. I think it can help out a lot of people. And even though I'm anti-drug, I'm, I, I'm, I've come around to it. But in terms of our youth, I think it's a real problem for our youth that smoke pot. And I think it can have a real negative effect on their brain development. That's just based on everything I've read, all the things I've studied. That alarms me. Adult smoking it doesn't really alarm me. I'm not a fan of it. Uh, I don't like the smell of it. it I, I hate the smell of it. Okay. And again, I'm not sitting here saying I'm goody two shoes. I'm not goody two shoes. But I'm tell you one thing. When I was in high school and I was in college, I was around cocaine quite a bit. And I always was asked to try cocaine. And I never, ever tried it. And I never tried it for one reason and one reason only. I was petrified that if I tried it once, I would become addicted to it. And I did not want to become addicted to a narcotic. So I always said no. I never, ever tried it. Because I felt that if I did it one time, I would be addicted to it and it would ruin my life. So I've just been anti-drug. It's just the way I was raised, the way I was brought up. Uh, and so, and by the way, I think you and I and everyone else, I've got friends that, you know, have drug problems. Uh, I know people that have uh, lost their life from drug overdoses. Uh, I had a very good friend that lost his life at age 19 on an overdose of drugs. So, I mean, you know, listen, we all know horror stories, but in terms of you know, medicinal marijuana. Yes, I think there's a real positive place for it with our athletes. Yeah, and, and thank you for sharing all that, Grant. Um, you know, I, I'll share a really quick story. I won't be long-winded, um, but I, I do have somebody that I know that went to treatment, and out of the 30 people that were in treatment with that person, 
um, only two are still alive right now. And everybody in treatment was because they were addicted to opiates. So I, I know marijuana has its issues, but it also, you know, with what they do with CBD, that can help. I mean, we've talked about our family members that have certain things. Um, you know, we don't administer that to my son, but there's there's benefits where the THC can be pulled out of the marijuana and it's strictly the CBD. So if you look at, if you're gonna give somebody something, I, I truly believe if this, tr I can't say because I don't do it, but if it really provides those pain killing qualities to professional athletes, anybody I'm else that has a healthy yep. condition, yep. then that's much better. It's the no lesser of two evils. Um, it, it's It's really, it's something that's. I, I think it's going to be a bigger debate than we know in sports yep. going forward. Yep. And just in life. I think you're right. I think it's going to. I think that when your son is an adult, I believe will be commonplace in professional sports in all the leagues. I really believe that, or sooner than when your son becomes an adult. I think it's definitely going to happen. I don't think there's any question about that. And again, I had someone text me, you know, about marijuana being a, a gateway drug. You know, for a young person, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I don't have enough uh, study. I don't have enough expertise to talk about whether marijuana for a young person is a gateway drug. All, all I know is I think it can do a lot of damage to a young person uh, if you're a habitual marijuana smoker. But again, that's just my opinion. It's no one else's. It's what I believe in. And again, I, I, I have a lot of friends that smoke pot that are my age and are younger, and I don't get it. I don't understand it, but I don't tell them not to do it. I don't think less of them. I don't think they're a bad person. Right. All right. They just know don't smoke around me because I don't care for it and I don't want it. And, you know, again, if I have someone come over to my place and they want to get high, I'm like, I'm sorry. You know, it's not acceptable here. Go outside. Go, go down. You know, I don't want it. Right. I don't want it in my life. You know, it's just the way I live my life. Right. So, so Grant, do me a favor and text them back and ask what drug isn't a gateway drug. Okay, I will. That's a great point. I mean, I, but 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 there would be those that would tell you that we're crazy and that marijuana is not a gateway drug. No, I, I any drug gateways to something else. Period. End of story. There's no well, doubt. Okay, but I'm going to play devil's advocate with you. What about the millions and millions and millions of people that have smoked marijuana that have never ever taken another illegal, well, not that it's illegal, but taken it for this sake of conversation, an illegal narcotic other than smoking pot? Well, good point. But I, I you know, maybe it's the lesser of the evils, but I, I don't see that as much of a gateway drug as some of the other ones. But that being said, it is still a drug, period, end of story. And everything gateway is to something else maybe that is the less or the least gateway yep. drug there is couldn't say because i don't do it but um from the studies i've seen from things that i've read it seems like it is the lesser of the evils doesn't mean it's still not an evil yeah well it's a good conversation and i appreciate it and uh always good chatting with you and you have a good day all right thanks very you much you too all right thanks Samps. all right never know where this show is going to go that's for sure and again i don't have a problem you know with people that smoke 
I, re I really don't. When I say I don't have a problem with it, it's their life. It doesn't bother me. Do whatever you want. I, I've always been, uh, you know, anti-drug. Just the way I always have been. And I've been around it. We all have been around it, right? You have to make a choice. And you, personally, I was happy uh, and grateful that I was able to say no. There are a lot of people that can't say no. They're followers. And they get swept in. And I just think when you are 15 years old and you're 16 years old and you are more susceptible to being a follower and at that age, I believe that marijuana can have a real negative effect on your life. I've seen it. I've seen it. And that concerns me for our youth. It concerns me. Adults doesn't really concern me that much. And when I mean that, it's like, okay, you're an adult. Do what you want with your body. And if that's something that makes you feel good, I don't have a problem with it. Go make yourself feel good. All right. If it helps you with your pain in your body from whatever, fine. That's great. All right. But it's not great when, you know, our youth are getting high every day. I, I don't see any benefit to that. I really don't. I don't see any benefit to that at all. But medicinal marijuana, absolutely. I think it's going to be a part of all of our sports in the very near future. And I'm okay with it based on all the studies that I've read. And uh, as, you know, Ryan pointed out, you know, how many of our athletes, and I'll just leave it to athletes instead of just people, but I'll leave it to our athletes get addicted to painkillers. And I'll never forget when Kyle Turley, I was looking right in his eyes. And he said, if it weren't for, you know, medical marijuana, I would be dead today. And I said to him, wait a minute, you would be dead? He said, absolutely. I would have killed myself. He said, I could not live the way I was living. And he goes, this changed my life. And I was like, wow. And then when I got a text message in the middle of the interview from one of my best friends, whose brother had done four tours of duty in Afghanistan, in Iraq and told me the same thing. I was like, wow, right? So, I mean, they're all different types of values for certain things. And obviously medicinal marijuana is gonna be a part of our, our, of our sports culture. I would much rather, and I'm fine with that, you know? If that's gonna be a better remedy than taking painkillers, which can be highly addictive, hell yeah, I'm for it, absolutely. I just want everything monitored. I want everything, you know, I want, that's all. That's all I'm asking for. You know, I don't I don't think there's anything wrong with that. All right. Hey, if you want to get in on the program today, before we wrap it up, just hit your hand icon, raise your hand, and we will do this. I've had amazing calls today. Been uh, really a, a great show. Uh, tomorrow we have our open forum Wednesday. You could say, well, today's an open forum. Yes, every day on this show is an open forum. Every single day is an open forum. So you can go in any direction you want. That's what I love about doing this show. By the way, speaking of shows, we had a phenomenal conversation today on No Filter Network when I was on with Sean Salisbury and Eric Burns. And we started talking about Vin Scully. And then we talked about some of the other great announcers that are no longer with us. And it was great. We just had a phenomenal 35 or 40 minutes uh, talking about some of the great announcers of our lifetime.
So if you want, I have put it on my podcast platform. It's on my website. If you don't like that.com, I also put the video up on YouTube. So the actual show that you can watch is on my YouTube channel. If you don't like that, or you can just listen to it. But always fun when I can do the show with Eric Burns and Sean Salisbury. Hey, make it a fabulous day. Really appreciate your support. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll be back tomorrow, 3 o'clock Pacific, right here on Listen Up. So long, everybody. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.